I've seen like I remember I was watching the History Channel, <laughs> and it was a horrors episode because you know the History Channel doesn't do history anymore. It does aliens and hoarding right. stuff, and it was like I forgot, but it was like a game show of hoarders, like like they're winning like storage units, like bidding and auctioning and all that. Oh, storage wars, yeah. <laughs> yeah, storage wars. Oh my god, it's so stupid, man. Yeah. Horrible, bro, horrible. That's where the meme came from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood, that is Fighting Game Community Hollywood, for you uninformed. Um, my name is Max Bleister. <laughs> I'm joined as always by Pringle the One. This is episode 35 of our little uh, podcast, and uh, Pringle, I got a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Oh, oh, oh. You're going to have to call me Clayton on this episode. Oh, oh. <laughs> Artists of snap. Yeah, we got we got we got a snap. <laughs> <laughs> but just to dangle the carrot, I want to start this show with a little mini announcement for people that do watch my videos on YouTube. So I was thinking about it. I think it's been like what a month and a half or so um, since I've done my big yeah. project that I do every year with um, the state of the FGC. Actually, forget that. Pringle, how you doing? Yeah, I'll, I'll all right, man. <laughs> I thought you ignore. I was crying in the corner for a second, man. I was gonna I was like, say it's so rude. You should have been like, "Hey, Max, me? shut up." Ask I was me going I to, but like after a while, <laughs> I just stopped caring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead, though, man. But you've been good. That's that's the most important. I'm all right, man. I'm living, so I'm good. Right on. Zeke ain't giving you no troubles, is he? No, he is, man. Dude, man, oh, man. man. Always. Dude, he doesn't let me sleep, man. Freaking, I hate cats, man. I'll be real. <laughs> I hate it. I got love for Zeke, but man, I hate this species, man. They just, they wake up at six, because they're always awake during dusk and dawn hours. But then like at night, it's like he, he sleeps for like a couple hours at night. And then it's like, meow, meow, meow. And it's like, bro. And then the only trick you can do is like ignore them. Because, like, like, if you give them any attention, they like it. You know how a dog, you'd be like, shut up, shut that up, and then they'll freak out, and then they'll just they'll get quiet. You know what I'm saying? Not with a cat, man. Right. He's like, nah, I'm not done. I'm coming right back. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and if you close the door, they'll claw at the carpet or their freaking door. So it's like, oh, man. Oh, yeah, I was just about to ask, what if you put him in a different room? But Nah, it's terrible. You do that, it'll mess something up, man. Yep. Damn. Cats are wild because... The, the amount of time they can stare outside of a window is impressive. Like, they just sit there. Oh, my God, dude. They just look. Oh, my God. They're so bored. Like, dogs do it for, like, five <laughs> minutes, and then they're like, I'm done with this, man. But they can't. Mm-hmm. Yo, this dude, this dude, he has a ritual where, like, he'll eat, and then he's like, it's like a cigarette. You know what I'm saying? You, you eat and you have your cigarette <laughs> afterwards. This dude eats and goes right into the window, man. No, my neighbor has cats, and their blinds are always open. So every time I, I go out to walk Dirk, there's like three cats watching the window, and they're, yeah, they're just sitting there for hours. Like, God. Bruh. Well, now that we got the uh, Cat Hollywood out. Second <laughs> the, pet, the, the FGC Pet Hollywood part right here. <laughs> right. Uh, now we can talk about the, why I have a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. I think I've I've embraced being a boomer, but I've never really uh, said why. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, the inception for it, though, has to do because I finally came to the realization that I don't want to do the state of the FGC project anymore. Because, Ooh. yeah, so um, th- it's, it's official. So to be honest with you, today is uh, July 3rd as we're recording this. This is probably the month where I would probably start the process of starting to get some information 
for say the FGC in 2022, right? Because I would start compiling info and putting it in my notes and or in my Google Drive. And uh, I had really no inclination to do so, to be honest with you. Like I, I think I'm just over the project and I'm over uh, certain elements of it. And we'll talk about that more once we get to the topic of the week. But I just kind of wanted to bring that up as, uh, yeah, say the FGC project is over. But you said something a couple, a uh, few episodes ago. When I mm. first finished the project, if if we are still doing this podcast by the time 2022 rolls around, who knows? <laughs> then uh, we can do a State of the FGC episode special for FGC Hollywood of just kind of recapping things, and uh, it'll be different. Okay. Obviously, it won't be won't be like how we normally uh, how I normally do the project, but uh, could be like a rewind for fighting games within the podcast. So instead mm. of doing like a traditional episode how we do, we'll we'll just do. Uh, a recap, a yearly recap. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be us talking about TFH, Melty Blood, and Melty Blood. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's all it's gonna be, man. And Ki, pretty much. <laughs> right, and Ki, and uh, basically all the things that we shill that we like. Right. And Persona oh, Four. <laughs> <laughs> right. Speaking of things that we like and things that we shill. Uh, hey Pringle, I got like two people to play Omori, oh. which is pretty sick. <laughs> in hollywood yeah and uh one of them is snowflake my buddy my former roommate uh so he's playing it currently he's liking it right so i actually recommended to him undertale uh yeah. before and he didn't really like undertale as much he, he thought i i overhyped it and uh maybe i did but i i really liked undertale for the writing because i thought it was had very clever writing especially if you play all the routes mm-hmm. so he only played one route and he was like ah it's okay but uh it wasn't for him. So with Omori, I was like, ah, maybe tamper your expectations because I like this game. And traditionally, when I like games, you don't. So he's <laughs> like, all right, whatever. And I start playing it, and he was, he's actually started really liking it. He's, he doesn't love it as much as I do, but he likes it enough to continue playing it. So he got to – he's about four hours in the game. So I'm watching him play it, and he's having a good time. So um, we'll see what his final verdict is when he finishes the game. Oh, uh, okay. The the other person who's playing – who or rather played the game uh, was Myths in yeah. the Discord – uh, but he only lasted uh, three hours. <laughs> he said he can't. He got to a part which uh, I know which part he got to. So there's um, relatively, it's about two to three. Yeah, about two to three hours in the game. There's uh, not like a super scary part, but that's when the horror start. The like the psych psych horror in the game starts to creep in. And uh, I'm assuming he got to that part and he was like, "Yeah, I can't do this. It's not not really my thing." So I understand he, he didn't want to go through the. Uh, psychological horror part of Amori, which is obviously a big, big part of it. But uh yeah, man. I'm I'm one for two, so that's fifty percent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get I gate kept you, man. He's playing Dragon Quest right now. <laughs> I know. You JRPG nerds. <laughs> Soon, Mac, you will too join the JRPG Hollywood. <laughs> man. Damn, dude, gnats are stupid. This guy just flew into my hand and I crushed him with my finger like Thanos. Right. I, didn't have to, I didn't have to catch him. <laughs> yeah, man, life. Damn, what an idiot. All right. Man, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, only to you with the human god. You're like a god to that small gnat, man. <laughs> like, just lending my fingers? What oh, are you man. doing? Yeah, ants are smarter. I think ants are much smarter. They tend to use their antennas to avoid anything that might hurt, hurt them. Yeah. A little announcement. So I know last week we talked about KI, how I want to run that tournament. But uh, since they did fix the, the lobbies recently in the on the PC version of the game, everybody was clamoring for like, hey, let's do Guilty Gear Strive Hollywood tournament. 
So I was like, all right, that's what I was initially going to get ready to announce. But then I did a poll because I knew that a lot of people in Hollywood played the game on PlayStation as well. So I was like, okay, let me see. Um, because if there's more people on PlayStation, we never run anything on console. So I was like, all right, let's show these guys some love, even though they're filthy console peasants. So I was like, uh, let's see if they, uh, who plays on PlayStation. So the vote was actually 11 to 10 in favor of PlayStation Strive players. So I was like, you know what? I'll give him the nod. So here we go. So thanks to our third seat on the podcast, Broken Wing, um, he will be hosting the tournament. So catch these gears. Number two is happening next week on Saturday, July 10th. My mom's birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) So July 10th, next week, 2021, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time. I'll put the challenge link in the description of the YouTube version of this podcast and It'll be streamed on Broken Wings Twitch channel. I'm assuming we'll be able to still record the podcast because I'm not the one running the tournament. He's on PS4. So we can record the podcast and then I'll go over there and I'll help help him run it uh, so he doesn't have to mess with the brackets as much. So I'll basically be the TO in the chat while he's running the tournament for Hollywood. And he'll also have his Discord there. So it'll be uh, SGC Hollywood featuring Broken Wings Discord as well as anybody else who wants to play. So I'll probably put it on Twitter and see if anybody uh, is interested in playing PS4 Strive. I know the game has input lag on that console, but we have some players that want to play on it. So, um, yeah, so look out for that. That'll be in the description. And uh, next week, July 10th, you get to play some Strive with Hollywood. Oh, no. But now, as we do each and every week, Hollywood Show of the Week. Um, remember last week I was talking about, oh, I love Claymore. It's so great. I love it. Yeah. So I was like, hey, man, maybe the iron can strike hot twice. Nope. So I started reading uh, Ariadne in the Blue Sky, which is the next series. They came from the same author at Claymore. It's not nearly as good, man. It's uh, <laughs> This is his cash-in series, bro. <laughs> it really is. It feels like it. because So I'm, I'm nine chapters into Ariadne in the Blue Sky, which, by the way, Ariadne is uh, Labrys's persona in uh-huh. Persona 4 Arena. So that's I was like, hey, that's cool. It's also like a Greek goddess or whatever. But like, I thought that was an interesting name. But yeah, so I will say the art is much better. So it looks like he put in time into like perfecting his art because it looks much better and more modern of a style. But the characters aren't nearly as interesting. The main plot's kind of generic. And it everything that Claymore did as far as character development, I, the, it's, it's missing in Ariadne in the Blue Sky. So I was like, I don't think I'm going to stick with this because as much as I liked his previous work, I don't like his new stuff. So um, I'll give it a few more chapters. But if it doesn't capture me the way Claymore did, because, dude, Claymore got me within, like, three chapters. I was like, I love this. Like, this is great. I'm, like, nine chapters into this thing, and I'm like, eh, it's not not there. So I'll give it a couple more. But uh, this one will probably get dropped. So not so much a shill of the week, but an an anti-shill. So not a big fan of Ariadne in the Blue Sky. Hey, RP, man. (laughs) <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. But this is related to Hollywood Question of the Week. So Dragon Mageddon on Patreon asks, uh, what was the first manga you ever read? What drew you in? And what do you think about those books now versus what you thought about them back then? Do they still hold up? He also says, uh, thanks, by the way. Every time you guys talk about manga, you make me want to get back into the habit of reading them regularly. And now I do. So thanks. How about that? We're making uh, other people... Interested in more weeb stuff because you know it's weeb Hollywood. Weebs. 
I'll let you answer this one first because I know my answer. But uh, do you remember what the first manga you've ever read? I don't know, man. I I actually don't even know what the first JRPG I ever played or any of that stuff. I don't. Damn. I didn't. I, <laughs> maybe it was Paper Mario on that one, but I think maybe the first manga was. Um, I don't want to say Ranma, but maybe it was like. Um, so you remember those big ass jump, uh, the jump books? I think they still make mm-hmm. them in Japan, but I don't think they're. I don't know if they're still a thing in America. I think they are, but they used to be like yeah, multiple I think. different mangas in there. Yeah, yeah. I used to use. I used to read those, so I would. I, I'd have like a mix of uh, um, manga in there, so I'd read it like Naruto, Dragon Ball Z. Skip Gintama because I thought that was like I didn't care about it. I'd always skip Gintama, man. I, what was wrong <laughs> with me? But uh, now it's your favorite. Yeah. Oh my God, it's my favorite anime. But I used to watch. I, I read some of the. I skipped One Piece too because I didn't care about it. But now that's my second favorite too, right? <laughs> so I yeah, I don't really have any. I can't remember my first manga or anything like because I don't remember reading any of that stuff. So like maybe not I, first. What's your most memorable? The one that like really you're like, hey, this is sick. Uh, my most memorable one. I don't know, man. I <laughs> I actually am not much of a manga guy, man. I, I say I'm a, more of an anime kind of guy, so I never really got too into the manga stuff. Um, All right. Well, you can do an anime then. Oh, anime. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to hit you with the classic. It was probably Pokemon, man. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah, because you know, like, that's the one you first see on TV. The one I would say I went out of my way to, to watch was probably... Um, I think it was Ranma and a half. You ever seen that show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I've seen parts of it. Yeah, it was definitely probably Ranma was one of the one of the long standing ones that I watched a lot of. Man, and uh, man, I was so into uh, romance animes for whatever reason, man. I, re- I watched a lot of that stuff. I don't know what it was, man. I watched a whole lot, way, like way too many of those things, man. And a lot of uh, comedy ones, a lot of comedy ones that I uh, I liked watching, man. But Ranma was definitely one of the cool things. And since you read about it, you know how it's about the main character who gets tossed water and then he turns into a chick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's so weird, man. I think about it. I was like, yeah, that's funny as hell, dude. Like, he gets gender bent every time. And you got these dudes, man, I'm trying to put my dick in you. What are you woman? It's like, oh, that's kind of weird, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. I didn't, I didn't catch a lot of that, but I know, I know some of it uh, just from, like, clips on YouTube and stuff. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's an old school one. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's real old school. So it's it's funny you bring up anime. I actually was an anime guy before I I switched over to manga. Like I I didn't read a lot before like 2013. So or 2014 or so. So do you remember the um uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. There was an anime called Akamega Kill. Yeah, man, that anime. That's pro- is that why you went to manga? Cuz I understand. Yeah. <laughs> that that was funny, dude. That was the catalyst. That oh, yeah, that was the catalyst. God, dude, so I hate that anime's ending, man. Piss me off, man. It's awful. So it's good. You have a, you have a backstory. So for people who are listening who don't know what happened with Akamega Kill, so it uh, got basically licensed for a lot, one season, and it was really good up to episode, I think, like 22, yeah. and I think there's 24 episodes. And then similar to Claymore, they because they knew there was only going to be one season, they, they rushed the ending and they kind of spun it off to do something else. Mm-hmm. So the way Akamega Kill uh, is constructed, it's about bringing down an imperial government with an outside group which that's their whole mission which is a really interesting story and it needs time to develop but it it got extremely rushed and the poorly timed comedy relief of that series in the anime was so awful 
that it took away from the core of that story, which is initially a tragedy. Like, it's a really tragic story. So they really butchered the anime. And I remember watching it, and I was like, that was awful because I was so invested through 22. Yeah, man, and, it was great. I, the, episode, yeah. the first episode was awesome, dude. Really, really good, yeah. And it hooks you right away, and then... You know, 23 and 24, it just crumbles. And I was like, what just happened? And then, of course, they were never going to go back to it because there's nothing to go back to. Like, they really, they they killed that show by ending it the way they did. Yeah. But then I was like, there's no way that that ends that way. So then I started doing research and I was like, people on, on the internet were like, oh, no, man, just read the manga. It's I'm telling you, you'll get much better. It's still ongoing. So the the they just didn't have enough chapters to uh, do the anime for it so i was like you know what i'll do that and ever since then i was like anytime that i see like an anime that looks interesting i immediately go look if there's a manga because normally when it, the inception comes from manga unless it's like something special where it's anime only mm -hmm. um, and those don't happen very often those are very yeah, special occasions very very rare i'd even say mm -hmm. Um, normally, in my opinion, uh, the the track record has been that the even though whatever you lose in soundtrack and voice acting and the ambiance or suspense and animation, you get in narrative and good pacing in manga. So I'm so I, I've made peace with the fact that I'll lose out. People be like, "Oh, you have to watch Attack on Titan." The soundtrack and the the animations are so good. It's like, yeah, but I rather just get the good story and read it at my own pace with my own um, thoughts on it. So, and it's, and if you have a really good artist, like one punch man, like I, to be honest with you, I don't feel like I'm losing out on anything. Like I get everything out of that manga that I want, like the action, the comedy, the story, everything is there. And I don't have to spend 26 minutes watching uh, an anime episode. So yeah, uh, manga was, was for me. So that was the first one that I read. I can make a kill because I was like, there's no way the anime ends this way. What drew me in was obviously the ending, right? Because it was so bad. Like I was like, I, I had to redo it. I was like, there's no way. And I still think that that manga uh, holds together today, even though it's, uh, I think it's like seven years old or something like that since it started or even actually probably longer, but it might be actually 10 years old now, but it holds up. I mean, recently, obviously, I just read Claymore. That's in my top five now. And that started in, what, 2001? So, like, I mean, that's amazing. I really think those things really hold up compared to, like, anime because you know how it is. Um, even Claymore, like, the anime is not animated super great in the fight scenes. I mean, they're okay, but, like, nothing like how you see the stuff today. So, uh, yeah, manga is, is a great medium for storytelling. I, I really like it. It's so much better. So I have two things actually. Like before we wrap this part up, mm -hmm. uh, I'll do that coming. So the ending of a comic I killed really good. Is it really good? In the manga, I so it's a it's a tragic ending, but it's fitting. Okay, you'll have to tell me what the ending is later if you remember. Right, it it it, it builds up so well, and it it all makes sense. So like. I'm not saying that like Akamega Kill was always going to have a happy ending because that's not what the story is built on. Like the story is built on, you know, people are going to die. It's just how things happen in that in that story. But it's the way and the purpose in which they die or the, the decisions that culminate up to that point, which give you a much better feeling about it versus the way it was rushed in the anime. I was like, what the fuck? Like, dude, <laughs> it made yeah, no sense. Man. yeah, it really did. It. It's just, yeah, that's death and all that. I didn't like that. And then, okay, and so my other thing is uh, Full Metal Alchemist. You ever you watched that? I watched the little, yeah, but I never truly got into it. So the original anime was like it it follows the manga for about a couple of chapters, 
and then it just makes its own story and the creator wanted them to make its own story then the the series it made another one brotherhood which follows the manga and it's super amazing like dude really it, it is one of the my it is top anime list uh it's one of the top stuff you know what i'm saying it's really freaking mm-hmm. good it's one of the really really good anime that i would recommend anybody anybody because even like my girlfriend likes it so brotherhood is really good even the original is good but brotherhood is much better because it follows that pacing and what's funny is it has 51 episodes brotherhood and the original only had like 24 26 so you know it had so much more time to develop its story yeah no i know a lot of fans of that series and i eventually was always wanted to get into it i just never uh there's so many other things mm-hmm. so i i probably won't ever watch it but i'll read it yeah. most likely there's yeah. there, i'll be honest with you there's two series that if i do ever go back to i think it'll be those two only one is because i started and never finished and i know that it's good that's yu yu haku show i'm like on episode 30 and i never finished it I don't know. Man, I'll be honest with you, man. After the Dark Tournament, I don't even feel like watching that show anymore, man. Like after the Dark Tournament, it's like, eh, I don't really want... Eh, I don't know, man. It's dope, but like <laughs> after the Dark Tournament, it doesn't really feel like you need to watch anymore. Because like I just... I downloaded the whole thing, man. I was watching it like religiously. And then after the Dark Tournament, I was like, I kind of fell off. <laughs> I didn't even finish the Dark Tournament, though. That's the Oh, thing. man. Yeah, the Dark Tournament is sick. I think that's all you really need to finish with Yu Yu Show, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like in the middle of it. And I don't know. All of a sudden, I was just like, eh, whatever. I just stopped watching. <laughs> you just fall off. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird effect. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And the other one was One Piece. I got to like episode oh, 300 on One Piece. And I was <laughs> like, eh. I just stopped watching. I was like, Yo, oh, yeah. Yo, no lie, though. But like, that's how, like, that's a long, that's a commitment, though. You went to episode 300. Like, that joint held you down for 300 episodes. Even if they cut like 10 minutes out of the damn thing. It's still like that's a long time because they're getting close. I don't know what episode one piece, one piece episode. They're like nine hundred, I think. Nine hundred and eighty episodes. God, nine hundred and eighty. Oh yeah. my god! So I'm about seven hundred away from being uh, caught up. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. But the weird part about One Piece is that um, the episodes are really good. Like they're really good, and they they're not. I, they're not cringy and i like the story uh, it's i think it's just anime man I, like i just yeah. i can't really watch it but even though like i know it's quality i know it's good but i just i don't know i can't watch it it's a lot man you stopped you said around 300 you probably stopped on uh, the the thriller i got the bark. thriller bark yeah i got the yeah yeah because in its lobby was nuts dude oh i love that arc oh, that was great that was great but impaled down oh i just got I got shivers just saying the word. <laughs> like Impel Down and Marine Ford. Oh, it's it's freaking crazy, man. And then yeah, like the time those. skip and all that stuff is like crazy too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel I feel you, man. It, it it's just a medium that requires a lot of time when like as opposed to when you read manga, you can like kick back, lay down, just watch it. You don't gotta have a screen in front. There's like a certain like physical aspect that you get when you you go hmm. into manga, man. All right, Pringle, we got one podcast correction, sort of, and uh, it has to do with a rumor, not so much a correction. So I don't know if you've heard about this, but uh, this could spell trouble. Not really, but sort of. Uh, Sony is in talks with Arc System Works to buy the studio and add it as a Sony first party family. So I don't know if you've heard about this. Yeah. It's very, it's gone like under the rug. So according to the info given to uh, Gaming Insiders, 
the talks right now, they're in the late stages. So we will know soon if this deal has gone through or not. And we'll know if the rumor is actually true. But uh, Sony has recently announced that they've purchased the second party studio, uh, Housemark, which made Dead Nation, Resogun, a couple other games, as well as Bluepoint Games. So they're looking to add the Arc System Works into Sony first party, which uh, makes a lot of sense because remember, Sony bought Evo. So now they're their official Evo brand. If they have their own first party fighting game developer in house, they could, they're maybe might be trying to take over. And you know, it's so fitting that Sony would want to buy mm. Arc System Works now mm. because now Arc System Works is no longer like the niche fighting game maker. They're the mainstream fighting game maker with Dragon Ball Fighters and the BB tag and Strive. <laughs> All these things that I'm so against. Oh my God, dude. Yep. So yeah, I don't know what's going to be the future with that, but uh, I don't think it's going to change much, to be honest, because most of those games don't come to other platforms anyway. I mean, they do come to the Switch, and I still think Sony will probably put things on PC. Well, actually, you never know. If they buy Arc System Work, they might not put it on PC. But uh, who cares? I got Melty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. uh, You know, no lie, though, but I feel like Arc will probably... Like, there's a part of me that's like, Arc might do it, because they seem like they want to cash in, man. So it's like they like they might do it. And they make so much they publish so many games. So like then they'll have more money to cash more in and publish more games with that Sony money. And then it's like but like no lie, man, if they do that, I feel like they're gonna just lose their soul, man. Like <laughs> it's like selling out, man. They they gonna sell out and lose their soul, a part of me thinks, man. But don't you think they were already kind of trending that way anyway? Like I'm not <laughs> trying to yeah, be yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, you're right, man. That's that's the pattern that I'm seeing. The basic, basically, the route they're taking. So they're mm-hmm. setting out with, with their own stuff. But then it's like, oh, Sony money. Let's get that, man. I mean, because if they have Sony money, they'll be able to make more games and sell out more. But then it's going to become more of a. It's going to get bigger in terms of number, and in a way that could be good or bad. I think it'll lose its soul though, because I'm not really feeling any arc system so with anything recently. So. Yeah, especially when the last like. Post Rev 2, I've really, I've been disappointed with uh, the FGC aspect of Arc System Works. They've done really well in the mainstream. And I think Strive is a great launch point for if they are bought up by Sony to continue on capturing the mainstream audience. But as far as like hardcore FGC, I don't, when's the last time you, you've thought of, of Arc System Works and really appealing to your hardcore interests? Because it's been a while, my friend, like 2017 is the last thing I can think of. Rev 2? Yeah, man. No, you're right. Rev two, the BBCF expansion or update, but then they didn't. They kind of like stopped caring about those games almost like immediately after they drop it. So it's like, well, screw it. I don't know. I feel like Arc System might end up doing that. I'm not too surprised. And Sony getting Evo is like another soul taken in the in the corporate machine, you know? Yeah, man. Oh well. I mean, it's uh, it would be a really good purchase for Sony, especially if Arc System Works continues on going with the. Uh, in the same direction that they are because hey man those games have really started to sell and it's good it's a good business decision but as far as like catering to my hardcore interest arc system works just saying it anymore to be honest all right let's uh, let's get to some news here we only got one item this week i believe and it has to do with uh nrs so obviously to no one's surprise uh netherrealm studios they, they did it again so on july 2nd 2021 yesterday the official Mortal Kombat Twitter account announced 
that uh, that continued development for the game has officially ceased. The tweet wow. reads as such, uh, quote, NetherRealm is now focusing on its next project, and after more than two years of supporting Mortal Kombat 11, DLC for the game, including characters, has come to an end, end quote. So I want to give you a bit of a timeline here with MK11. So the game released in April of 2019, then it expanded with Aftermath in May of 2020, and then it expanded one last time with all the DLC and the Combat Pack 2 and everything in uh, November of 2020 with Ultimate. So they're right. It is technically more than two years, right? A couple months. <laughs> so some uh, boys be like, hey, I don't know what you're talking about. We did we did more than two years, and there's like three days mm-hmm. extra on that joint. Like, <laughs> yeah. So obviously this is no one's surprise. We've been really accustomed to this. Uh, so I saw some reactions from people, especially on Twitter, about how they believe that the NRS two-year cycle is uh, really bad for the FGC and how yeah. you see games like Street Fighter and Tekken and and even Guilty Gear with you saw how Sign developed all the way from Sign to Rev2. That took, what, four or five years, I think? So you see all these games and the, they last up over a period of about five to seven years, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter in this case, right? Even even if you are unhappy as an NRS player and a, an enjoyer of Mortal Kombat, this is why it doesn't matter. Here are the numbers, Sprinkle. Check this out. Mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat 9, the, the reboot or whatever, we're just called Mortal Kombat, it sold 6 million copies. Yep. Then two years later, Injustice came out. The first one sold 2 million copies. So obviously less than Mortal Kombat, but right. still 2 million for a fighting game is pretty good. MKX then came out, two years later, sold 11 million copies. All right? Jesus. Two years later, Injustice 2 comes out, gets another 2 million copies. And then most recently, MK11 comes out, 8 million copies over two years. So since 2011, it's been 10 years with the 10-year cycle, and they've gone through five games, MK9, Injustice, MKX, Injustice 2, MK11. 29 million copies sold worldwide since 2011. Why would they stop? So you're saying it's bad for the FGC. It's not bad for the wallets because you keep buying the shit. So it's like the people complaining on Twitter, what are you complaining about? Look at how much money they have gotten with all these copies sold worldwide for Mortal Kombat and Injustice. Why would they ever stop doing it? They'll work their workers to death. They don't give a shit. They'll be like, make more games in a two-year cycle so we can get this bread. I'm not going to lie, man, but like that reminds me of Mario Party. (laughs) (laughs) The amount, the rate at these games, they're just pushing them out like, oh my God, two years. Yo, man, if I worked there, I would hate my life, man. They probably. Oh, yeah. Slaving them boys. They whipping their asses with balls and chains and everything, man. Like, nah, man, Mm -hmm. dude, two years to make a game. And like they have to make them better every time. Like they're they're basically and they're upping up the graphics every time. That's not enough time, man. And it's like people still like they'll like every MK that drops, and it, it doesn't even feel. I don't even know if it's like the hardcore like. It's not. FGC. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because like I remember, I, I read into more copper stuff because I like being in our copper. I'm a degenerate over there too, but I don't. <laughs> t- I never type anything in there, but it's hilarious. Um, they were like, man, you know what sucks about MK11? They had no stories, man. Nothing interesting about this except Sonic Fox just dominating everybody. That's. <laughs> That's the only storyline MK11 had. And it's like every time they just don't give these games any time to really 
be a game almost like if they're always just kind of like mk12 mk3 it's just kind of funneling these games through man it really doesn't let the game shine more man to be honest but it make money and that's all they give a damn about so <laughs> and people keep buying it and that's the other big problem like remember how fast that uh, what was it after breath after breath after bath i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you thought aftermath aftermath there we go it dropped as fast as a grand blue season patch man <laughs> mm-hmm. well that's, from may to november and what's wild though is the mk11 even had like they had like crazy characters like rambo terminator joker all of these characters but it's like but then i, I read i read in the r cop and all these dudes are like man that game boring as hell i watch it mm-hmm. i don't i don't really like watching it at all man. i've tried it's not very fun to watch at all it's super boring to watch I'll be waiting for what, what what's gonna be the next game you think, man? MK versus Injustice or something like that? No, so there's rumors about a Star Wars game from uh, Warner Brothers to do, and they'll probably have Netherrealm do it. But from what I understand, there's also rumors about a uh, Marvel and DC game. So that could be that could be it for them. Uh, that was the longtime rumor that never really surfaced again but now that they are officially ceased development with mk11 it could be injustice 3 with a little bit of marvel in there depending on how the licenses go but uh yeah i could see either either star wars or a sort of injustice hybrid type game something i I won't play (laughs) (laughs) yeah yo right quick i did you see the ed boone tweet where he was like i'm gonna try to support this game as long as i can (laughs) right yeah, he, he mentioned that where he was like, he, he said it, I found it in a tweet, I forgot where it was in the Arcaba, but it was saying that Ed Boon was like, I'm going to try to support this game as long as I can. And then I'm just being like two years, which is pretty normal of the cycle. Yeah, it, it says, we like to support our games for as long as possible. For more to come at 11, we are going to support this game for the long foreseeable future. There's plenty of cool characters and new game modes coming. You're going to love it. That's long and foreseeable, the Ed Boon, man. <laughs> <laughs> two years. Yeah, two years, man. Yeah. The other problem with uh, these, so these sales, obviously, they tell a lot, but uh, we always know that, you know, Mortal Kombat is a game that the FGC kind of plays, right? The hardcore FGC kind of plays, but it's a lot of mainstream consumers, man. Like, it's a lot of regular people that play that game because it's Mortal Kombat fatalities. It's, you know, it's, it's for them. But I don't know why, but like, look at Killer Instinct, for example. That game has ceased development for so many years and people still support it in the FGC. MK guys do not do that. They move on right away, dude. They don't look back at all. Like once Ed Boon says it's over, they're like, "All right, I guess over. it's over." And they, yeah. man, yeah, that tweet, man, that, uh, that little picture of the horse in the water. <laughs> Speaking of a community that really stays with their game despite cease development, <laughs> there we go. God, dude, thank you. Oh my god, they make community implemented netcode just so they could keep playing. Ooh, yeah, Matt, them boys said, hey, if we can't play Melty on our PS2s, we're going to get it on our laptops, and we're going to freaking make our own net code, bro. They may- Dude, that's so cool with giving out their own IPs, bro. Nobody plays <laughs> players, man. Nobody. Yeah, they're, they're starting working on lobbies, too, for bro, the uh, Seacaster, yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, those dudes are savage, man. They And Seacaster even lets you, like, watch, like, show hitboxes and all this un- all this extra stuff that I'm not going to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they they go full force with that game. But uh, we start the we start this one with a question from Lurker. He's a newcomer to the Discord. 
Hey. And he, yeah, and he says, hi, it's become a habit for me to play Eunice while listening to the podcast. It's very entertaining, so I would like to ask your opinion about the new character designs in Tsukihime slash Melty Blood type Lumina. If they look better or worse than the old art style in your point of view. I would also like to ask which characters would be the best choice to fill the character roster. Hisui and Kohaku look and sound amazing. So we'll get to the character predictions later. But uh, what's your take on that as far as like how the the new Melty looks compared to old Melty? How which one do you do you like more? Do you have do you find like a difference between the two? I'm glad he asked that because I've been paying attention to since I figured out more of the lore and I. I figured out like people's complaints because there's people complaining a lot about the new Tsukihime designs compared to the old ones. Uh, it makes sense because now like, so like the creator, if you know, you know about the Fate Stay series and all that stuff, right? The first, loosely. yeah, loosely, you don't need to know all of it. Do you know Saber? Yes. So the new design, uh, the creator, everybody says the new designs, like from Melty Blood type Lumina, everybody got Saber face. <laughs> That's what he calls it. So, like, they all have mm. a very similar face. Compared to how they looked before when he first did Tsukihime, they had much more apparent and different designs. So, like, you take uh, Arcoid, I think that's how you say her name. If you yeah. look at her old-school Melty Blood design, she had a long skirt, and it and her face was, like, uh, it, it had a mysterious allure to it, right? She looked kind of mm. different or, like, kind of you know, a little bit on the mysterious. You don't know what she's about type of girl. But if you look at her Melty Blood type Lumina, she looked like she's poppy. She got a little bit of fashion design. She looked like she want to talk to you. And I think that's where there's actually like a, a, a group of people or people that don't like the actual new Melty Blood because the creator has made all the characters like look more poppier, more content, more happier. When in reality, the, the lore of Tsukihime is that it's just depressing. Like it... Man, that story is jacked up, man. You know what I mean? It was a pretty messed up story. So from what I've seen, like, I think that the new style, and also I also heard that the, the creator is content with the new style. In fact, he wanted the old style to look like the new style now that he's gotten better at art. But I think the new style reflects the new age of time in anime, while is the old style really does reflect the early 2000s of anime and manga and all that type of stuff. So personally, I do like them, but I can see how they conflict with what the characters are personality-wise because some of it does conflict. For Arcade, I think that's one, and um, I think uh, the Suki for Sukehime they changed how Seal looks, um, but in Melty Blood, I mean, we don't really care about that, man. We just want to play the goddamn game. <laughs> so, so, but I think that they, I think they look good, like personally, and. I also learned that the the voice actor of Hisui died six years ago, so they have a new one for her. But she sounds good. I mean, I wouldn't be able. The thing with Japanese voice actors is that they get really good talent out there, so like they can like it's not gonna be the same. But it's not gonna be. I don't know if you've seen The Simpsons, but they changed Carl's voice, and I hate it so much. I I, I I'm not even. I can't even listen to Carl anymore, dude. Sounds terrible, man. Yeah, so I think that they look really good, but I do see that the new style really does change a lot of what maybe some of the characters were personality-wise. But I like how it look I like how Arcade looks. She looks. I like the short skirt and stuff like that, and the necklace it looks cool. Yeah, no, I I think the redesigns are cool. I thought the same thing about Strive too. I like uh, I really like um, Eno's redesign a lot. Like I think she looks great in that game. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really like because like her redesign was so uh, fitting. Like shades, bigger hat. She basically got more extravagant, like more mm-hmm. like oh, I'm, I'm I'm all of this and, and the milkshake, right? I, I I like that stuff too. Yeah, man. I like the redesigns and strive, man. Definitely. Yeah. So with Tsukihime, I don't, or rather with uh, Melty Blood, I don't really have a problem with them. I will say though, like I don't know if you could ever really beat the uh the sprites and the animations yeah. you see in an old melty like that is uh that's really special like if you see how fluid they are and and the way they animate it's it's so well done that even undernight can't really achieve that because it's in a different art style and new melty is closer to undernight than it is to old melty it still has a little bit of both but to get 100% old melty that was never going to be a thing because it's it's not kind of like how we'll never get another KOF 13, right? Like you don't get those games anymore. Like it's not possible. Too expensive, doesn't sell. So you go and the the different routes of something like Strive or Grand Blue or something. So um, what they did is they did a hybrid. So I will say I do I still think that Old Melty animates better. It moves better. I, I like the way that it looks, but uh, I also like the way that Melty Blood type Lumina looks. So as far as the character designs, I I still like. That there's still um there's still a lot of melty and the new melty as opposed to just being undernight. I like I really do like the old sprite work, but I actually like I almost want to say I think I like it a lot more because well the new stuff because it's like they still manage to kind of keep that like that that style in place, and it's like the coming of age, you know, like now it's like three mm. stuff like that. So it's like it's almost like if person I think if Persona Five look. If Persona Five Arena looked like like uh, it would do what Persona Five Arena looks, and that would be really cool to see something because Persona Four Ultimax looks great, but like you know, it would take that next step to like a new time of age in terms of uh, graphic. No, yeah, they've done a a good job of adjusting to the to the times. Like Persona Four Arena and Ultimax, they look great in 720p, but then you put it up to 1080, it doesn't look that good because of the pixels. Yeah, you can see more with, yeah, with with Melty Blood, they've really done a good job of of mixing the two art styles of Undernight and Old Melty to really make it uh, almost seamless in in this new generation of uh, of graphical fidelity. So yeah, I I like it as far as uh, to compare it to the old one. Obviously, the old one is is really special for me, but it's it's not like I can't you know play anything else. Like it, it's it's sort of like the KOF thirteen thing. It's just like. I don't think there's going to be another KOF that will look as good, but it doesn't mean other KOFs won't be good games, right? Far that they're definitely still looking ugly. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're still keeping that 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 ugly look going, which kind of hurts. <laughs> yeah. As far as predictions, so right now, Melty Blood Type Lumina is set to launch late September of this year. So we got about uh, three, two, two months, about two months, closer to three. So. What we know is we have six characters revealed so far, and the game announced that there's going to be more than 10, okay? So just to play devil's advocate, I was like, you know what? They said more than 10, but they didn't promise a lot. So I'll, I'll put 11. I'll just say 11 because it is technically okay. more than 10. So let's speculate. So here's what we know. We got Shiki Tono, Akia Tono, Arcuid Brunstad, Ciel, Kohaku, and Hisui, right? So those are all returning. Now, I have five characters here that I think make sense. And uh, what I did here is I didn't 
do it via archetype. Because you know how Melty Blood is. You don't really go through archetypes. Everybody kind of plays the same. They just have different moves and they all, you know, they there is no like true grappler, right? Because everybody has some sort of a command grab, it seems like. Or a true yeah. rushdown, because everybody can do it. Or a true mix-up, because everybody has elements. So they're all hybrid characters, really. They really are. That's what's dope about it. So I, I went with what makes sense and sort of what I know of the lore. So that is kind of what I, I went with. And But if you want to add anybody else, uh, feel free. So the the seventh character that I would go with first is uh, Roa. Obviously, he's the, he's the evil guy. He's the villain. So canonically, I think he makes sense. And he was also in the last Melty. So I think uh, why not put him in the uh, the new one? So that, I'm going with Roa. Yeah, most definitely. I think he's like the big um, antagonist and the, uh, yeah, he's the main villain of Tsukuhime. So he definitely mm -hmm. has exist in the game. The eighth character, I'm going with Aoko because I saw her in, she has like a weird role in Tsukihime and, and Melty. Like she's technically part of the story, but also not really from what I understand. It was kind of weird. I, you know how type one is. But anyway, I saw her in the trailer for uh, Tsukihime. So I was like, hmm, she could probably be in. And also she's really popular in old Melty Blood. People really like to play her. She's like, she's really fun to play actually. So I was like, hmm, she makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The ninth character is, uh, especially for you, again, she's really popular. <laughs> Poor girl never got her route in Tsukihime. <laughs> uh, but it's Satsuki because, she, again, she was in that Tsukihime trailer. People love Satsuki. She's a super popular character from Old Melty Blood. And she's super fun. So why not put Satsuki? So I would, I would say Satsuki. Number 10. This one, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming... Uh, I either she'll be in right away or she'll be in later, but I'll go with Hime, which is archetype Earth or whatever. It's like another version of what's her face, Arcuid. Yeah. And uh, again, you see her in the Tuka Hime trailer. She's pretty important to the story, from what I understand. She's mega cheap, and I hope she never makes it in this game. But uh, now that we don't have moons, maybe she'll be less cheap. But uh, yeah, she was really good in the last Melty Bloods. But I think canonically, she she kind of makes sense. So she might be in the game, maybe not right away, but uh, who knows? If if they are following Tsukihime, I think Hime makes sense. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, number eleven, I'm gonna put Shiki, but like all capitalized Shiki, but it's the the evil Shiki, right? It's the the bad dude because he's in the again he's in Tsukihime. You actually see Arcude battling him in the trailer. So he he could be in. Um, that could be interesting. But to be honest with you, I, I hope it's powered CL. Because I think even though she, CL has the super where she goes into the powered form, powered CL is so fun. I don't know if you ever played her, but yeah, she's yeah. like. I hope they, yeah, man. Because is she like, yeah. She's some form of like a hybrid zone type of character, right? Or... Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she has, uh, she has like a form of a, like, almost like a flash kick, but it's down, down instead of charge mm -hmm. and she has like crazy combos the ones that like you have you don't think they're gonna hit but they do anyway and mm -hmm. uh she's a little heavier of a character and she doesn't use as many gatlings and reverse beats but she does a lot of damage and her combos are really interesting so yeah i like her a lot okay gotcha gotcha yeah she's, she's dope man i i'm uh i i i seen bits and pieces of her. she's really cool yeah yeah, completely different character than regular CL. That's why I think she should be her own character. But those are my 
extra five from the six that we know. So I got Roa, Aoko, Satsuki, Hime, and Shiki. Okay, so my characters, I think it would, because I'm looking at the characters, I think Sion, Shion, or however you say it, will probably be in the game. Because now that Sion? I... Yeah, Sion, yeah. From what I'm reading, she's actually like the main heroine from the first Melty Blood game. <laughs> but don't you remember, they're saying that this is a, like a loose tie-in to Tsukihime, and she was Melty Blood. She was a, an original character to Melty Blood, so if, if this is not a tie-in to the old Melty, then she might not be in. Yeah, she might not be in, you're right, but from what I understand with Melty, because it presents itself in a way where it always goes separate routes, depending on when you're playing the game, anything is really possible with this game, yeah. to be honest. So I think maybe they might bring her in later down the line. I know, I'm thinking, um, what's this little girl, man? The little 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 Chinese girl. Oh, the, yeah, the karate girl. I forgot her name. Yako. Yeah, she's, she definitely probably will be in it. Because she's mm-hmm. like the cut cheeky. So she'll probably be in that thing, man. She's a gorilla, man. Good damn. I've seen her. Yo, she got damage, bro. Oh, my God. Yeah. She plays like Yun in yeah. Street Fighter. She's nuts, man. Oh, my God. I like Jesus, man. Maybe will do you think they'll add any of the lens in there? Len, lean, lean, len? I don't know. Um, I don't know. They might add Len, but I to be honest, who knows? It's it's really difficult to predict rosters with games like these because, because it's you don't know if they'll go with lore, if they'll go with what people like. I, I really have no clue. Yeah, so I agree with Alco, because like from what my understanding is in the lore Alco teaches or takes care of shiki mm-hmm. and i definitely think that satsuki will be added because uh maybe but like she's very popular but she might she might she's supposedly like a classmate to shiki but yeah she she might i think she will though because like a lot of people like satsuki mm-hmm. yeah we'll see it's uh all very exciting but it's very difficult to predict mm-hmm. yeah man we got one question here on discord before we get to the topic of the week and it comes from jam he asks, how detrimental do you think the story, t- or rather the story setting of the new Melty is to its chances of Western acceptance? Yeah. It's obvious they want it's obvious they want to expand their audience with Xbox, PC, multi-language release, etc. But is the very inclusion of schoolgirls slash maids slash weaponized religion enough to turn away even fans of the fighting game genre? Damn, he doesn't want to give it to us because we've been pooping on Strive. <laughs> You don't want no, to. No, Jamma, he's actually, uh, I can tell Jamma, he's actually hopeful for Melty, from what I can tell. He's actually interested as well. He is. He is. Who, who is I think it's Zio that wants to poop on us, too. <laughs> uh, well, Zio will always find any opportunity to poop on us, really. Yo, 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 that's funny as hell. Well, personally, Melty's going to have trouble. I mean, it's not going to have like a huge audience to begin with. So I don't, I don't know. If, right. Uh, but I would say that if it were to release like 20 years ago, it would have had struggled because of the things it has, like made schoolgirls, weaponized religion. But now, with all that stuff becoming more accepting and people being more open to it, it might help it a lot more. Plus the rollback, plus streamers playing the game, plus like the la- the 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 extra languages, and just being on every platform. I think it'll do better than it probably has ever done. But it's still melty at the end of the day. Yeah, I never had really high hopes for mainstream success for Melty Blood, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. Even before they said all of those things in the last trailer, which are indicative of that. But um, no, man, I 
this is what I really have appreciated with the rollout of Melty so far is that they're not catering to the mainstream. Like mm -hmm. they're extending an olive branch, right? With putting it on Xbox, putting rollback, having multiple languages. Those are all good, fine and dandy. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, this is for hardcores. And they, I think they know that. And it's almost like a passion project that has a lot of passion with the fans. So that's why they're putting it out. But you also have to remember the new Tsukihime, from what I understand, does not have an English version coming out yet, or if ever, who knows if that's going to roll out. And this uh, one, the fighting game genre is still pretty niche, and Melty Blood as an IP is extremely niche. So I think they know what they're getting into, but I don't think it's going to be detrimental to its chances of Western success. I don't think they were ever aiming for Western success or acceptance or whatever you want to say. Like, I think they know what they're getting into. And as a, as somebody who's like hardcore in the FGC, I, I appreciate it a lot because man, like I said last week, this is something I really needed because could you imagine if, you know, Bandai Namco with Harada as the leader refuses to acknowledge rollback netcode and Guilty Gear Strive out there making mainstream games for Sony and, and Netherrealm making fucking whatever Star Wars. What do I have left, Pringle? <laughs> it, it really is like it like it's hard to have any faith in a lot of these things for real, yeah, man. Cause like that, I mean, Melty is dropping like game that it's it the way it's coming out, it's not worried about so much of the success shoot it's probably not going to make amazing sales and what the sales it's really relying on is probably the visual novel game or any merchandise kind of like how they did it before like you know movies don't sell don't make the money merchandise they're not trying they're not really trying to um really go out of their way they're more so just being like uh hey man we want everybody to play the game too you know that's why we put it in english because I mean, they didn't mm -hmm. drop like they didn't. It doesn't look like they're gonna drop a physical copy, and unless limited run games touch it, which I hope they don't, then they will have some sort of translated or something like that, or the translated. But it doesn't look like they're gonna make a, a collector's edition that's in, in English. So it really does seem like it's all just for like it's just for the small people that care about tight moon stuff, man. Right. All right. Last thing we got on the docket here is fighting game topic of the week and i called this left behind pringle have i been left behind i think so, <laughs> <laughs> so remember that uh that shill dude from capcom i forgot his name but uh when he was talking about uh marvel versus capcom he's like all the haters will be left behind <laughs> meanwhile behind the closed doors he's paying like Paying ally joe and filipino champ and justin wong and all these other shills to say yeah. or uh Sell some eggs at us. Sell some <laughs> eggs, man. No, seriously. So when I was talking about State of the FGC, so why why I was stopping State of the FGC? I'll be honest with you, the the last year and change, probably two, I've I've found like a a disconnect with the with the C part of the the FGC, right? Like I I don't relate. I don't find myself relating anymore, which is uh, weird because I used to like really like the community, and I don't know if you can maybe attribute that to the pandemic of having you know i can't really attend tournaments i don't have a local that's really close by and all the tournaments are online as well so even if i wanted to watch on twitch or something i'm watching an online tournament with no crowd and there's still no energy really outside of the of the commentary which you know depending on if it's good or bad is subjective so i don't know how much i've really enjoyed the community when the last 
two, three years. And the things that were supposed to keep me engaged in the FGC, which were the games, have really have really fallen apart for me. So uh, if you think about like 2019, Tekken 7, the netcode started getting worse and then season three was really bad and then I couldn't do it anymore. So I left. And then, you know, Undernight is Undernight. It's really fun, but the the netcode ain't great and there's not a lot of people playing it. So I was like, ah, it's tough to play. And then, you know, all the Arxis games that were coming out, I was like, I don't like BB Tag. I don't like Dragon Ball. You know, Dead or Alive had a little thing, but I was like, I can't really support this game with the way they're doing business. So there were so many things that were like, man, like what's going on here? Like the things that I was supposed to, that I really fell in love with back in like 2011 and 2012, like they're gone. Like they really are. Like the community, in my opinion right now is too focused on like quote unquote community leaders or influencers. Like ew, I saw uh, James Chen on Twitter saying, I have to be careful with my words because I'm a, I'm an influencer with a great audience. I was like, ugh, I almost threw up in my mouth. I was like, ugh, don't say influencer. <laughs> The other part is, I'll say this over and over again. The content is so lackluster these days. It's regurgitated. Yeah. It's it's so it's bad. So like, it is. So this is all I see on, on YouTube now as far as content. You were asking the other day, where's Corey Gaming, man? Like, where are the people who actually do good content? He was like, well, he's gone. Was, he went to go stream. Dude, you know what's funny, man? That disconnect. It's like, think about it, though. You think about, like, you were losing, like, interest in, like, Tekken and all of the other fighting fighting games. It's almost like since, like for me as well, probably as you, but like we don't have the fighting game stuff. And in, in was it last year, right, where we started knowing more about people? You started seeing mm -hmm. who they really are. They didn't help each other when stuff got really bad. No one was looking out for each other. Everybody was just trying to like pretty much push their own agenda. You know, at a time where everybody was forced to be in the house, nobody was looking out at each other when they should have been. Some, of course, there was people, but the people that weren't. Those are the people that are the loud minorities, you know what I'm saying? And then you have those people that you think they're supposed to look out for other people. And then you have the fighting games not even being good. So we're forced to be at home and we can't go to the weeklies to, to grind, to have a reason to grind online, despite not having good online, and then going to the weeklies to grind more, to test out your grinding. You don't even have that anymore. So you're in a situation where the game sucks and the community sucks. <laughs> So it's like, what do we have? You know what I'm saying? We ain't got much after that. It's really, yeah, that's that's the problem. It's like, it's been like that for a few years now. And I found that like the community that's that's relevant now is not the same community that like I really enjoyed back when I first got in. And it's like almost happened in a way I was like, I was a, almost like oblivious to it to a second. And I was like, oh, fuck, like this is whack. <laughs> like this can't play online. Netcode sucks. These people are atrocious. They all backstab each other and they're all, you know, little weasels and look at the content. It's all the like react this and tier list that and shill that. And I was, it's just, it's really uninspiring. I, yeah, dude, I, I personally used to be very interested in a lot of the community guys in there. You know what I'm saying? Like I used to love uh, watching a lot of Gutex, Mike Ross, well, they they the they, they, they the truth, you know what I'm saying? But like, mm -hmm. I watch like all the other people, and I'm like, yo, this is dope, and you know, you want to get into this and go to majors and have a story. But now it's become more like I just kind of want to like, I kind of want to get really good so I can body everybody and then not ever speak of the people ever again. You know what I mean? I right. just want to I just want to come out like a hurricane, like Hurricane Katrina, and blow their asses up, 
and then be like, yeah, I did that. And I'm never speaking. <laughs> they don't exist in my mind. <laughs> All right. Uh, we only have three questions this week for rollback listener questions. Uh, the first one, it comes from Bruce Slayer on Patreon. He asks, remember when you guys rated other FGC podcasts? I, w- I wonder where you guys would rate the No Frills podcast on your list, even though it isn't too FGC-centric but has hosts or guests who are FGC-affiliated. Glad they're back since they made, made my Mondays a lot better. Have you ever they're listened back. to No Frills? Yeah. Great. It's funny as hell. Dude, they're back? I didn't even know. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they just had their. Uh, it's on Yipes' channel. He just had on uh, an episode like post pandemic or whatever, and uh, it's them kind of catching up with everything. And uh, yeah, they're they're a funny funny group. It, like he said, they're not super FGC centric. To be honest, they talk a lot about non FGC stuff. It's mostly like two guys just hanging out and talking about their interests. And sometimes their interests align within fighting games. But uh, yeah, no, Yipes and and Chris, they're really really funny dudes. Yeah, that, that, yeah, I I like that a lot. I didn't watch like four episodes, but I really like that. They had like guests, and yeah, I, it's really cool to just see them having a, a good fun time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, number two, this is a cool question. I like this one. Arrow on Discord asks, "When I started playing fighting games, I developed a mentality of completely holding onto my mistakes and never doing stuff like blaming the game or my opponent. Basically, avoiding the scrub mentality." But lately, because of my constant desire to improve, I've been incredibly hard on myself for each and every one of my mistakes. I've gotten to the point where I'm not happy at all when I play fighting games, even when I do quote-unquote well. I worry this mentality is going to ruin my enjoyment of a genre that I've considered my favorite for the, for the past half decade of my life. But at, some, at the same time, this mentality of owning my mistakes is what allows me to improve so quickly at fighting games. I guess what I'm trying to ask is, at what point is it not worth it anymore to play to improve? And have you guys ever struggled with similar feelings in the past? That's a very FGC mentality to take, right? You don't really blame the game for losing. You blame yourself because you could have done something else. I will say, though, even though that's the right mentality to take, sometimes you have to accept that the game is some horseshit. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> that stuff that stuff happens like have you seen um like a Tekken example you have uh, a go ahead don't use that use the strive example you the one okay we yeah saw yeah. I'll, yeah i'll use the strive one so you have this eno player fighting a soul player and it's round start you have soul doing 6p 6p or no uh 6s right that's that's his uh four slash is it close i thought it was far okay so it's it's close slash close slash close slash and you know that button is really good whatever it's plus and he does that into uh some sort of a special and eventually he catches eno with 50 percent risk gauge and gets caught in the corner off of a bad hcl and loses 90 percent of her life with a wall break and the counter <laughs> and she can't play anymore so what could you have done better in that situation? Well, you could have not HCL'd, but you could have also not lost your turn completely for the next round because fighting games have some bullshit in them. And sometimes you have to be able to weigh is like, okay, I made a mistake there, but the game also fucked me. So <laughs> like you can't, you can't be entirely pissed at yourself. Yeah, man. It, so it, it it really is a, like sometimes you just gotta kind of take take a step back, as they always say. Take a step back 
and see what's what's wrong with you because like yo that that clip you definitely got to put it man but that clip is bull crap man dude 50 percent risk he hit this chick one Eno doesn't even have bad guts too i think her guts is not it's not bad it's not like may's guts i, I don't think well may yeah but it's not bad right she's not like millie or chip right right dude this man exploded her ass. What would do you know what the real mistake is? You booted up the game. <laughs> right. like, and you know what's funny, Arrow? I, I like I don't know. I feel like this mentality, the the that mentality, I, I think with like getting trying your hardest and then it's like, yo, what's going on, man? It's like I feel like a lot of it, you know, maybe it's also I, maybe a super small part of it is attached to how fighting games are nowadays. Where like they're built a bit easier, so like your mistakes are like much bigger. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But um, I would say that yeah, dude. Sometimes it really like it is really sometimes how bull BS the game is. Sometimes the game is just bull crap, and like it's also like understanding to be like, hey man, you know what? I messed up. I messed up. The idea is that you want to know, and I did have I I've had that problem with like not wanting to uh, having struggling with the the getting better and stuff. I had it with Skullgirls because I played the game for so long, but I would still lose to, like, really, really good players. You know what I'm saying? And, like, mm -hmm. it was usually, like, the top, 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 top players that I would generally lose to more often than not. And it get kind of frustrating because I know at the end of the day I can't put as much time as they can. And that's one thing you want to remember. Like, you don't, like, I doubt you're one of those people that can spend, like, because the, the top players, they can, man. Usually they do. Sometimes you have some cases of people that ha aren't don't have to spend that much time. But even people like in Tekken, where and maybe Mac should use the Tekken example we wanted to use earlier. But in Tekken, there was a, a Kudans where he was like he played he played a little bit and that helped him get there. And even he even got tops top eights here and there. But like the dude quit his job just to play that game full time. So like right. a lot of those people like. They're spending the time, man. You know what I'm saying? These guys spend like eight, nine hours playing, dude. There is no, I could, I only put in like two to three hours, maybe like a, depending on how the week goes, I can put that in a week. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have that kind of time. There are people that do. So it's sometimes it's like, it's a time thing too. It's not just because uh, you will, you will always improve. That's one thing you always have to understand. As long as you pay attention to what you mess up on, you'll always improve. You try to, you try, even if you like, for instance, if you don't hit the the DP and you're trying to get it and you keep messing it up, you may not get it this week. But as long as you attempted it and kept trying to attempt it, you'll get it sooner or later. And then you'll gradually improve because that's the whole point of these games. You'll just keep improving as long as you keep trying. So, like, it really is that point where you just have to ask yourself, is it worth grinding for just improvement or you grind to have fun and improve the process because you can do both of those things. It's just, it's one of those things too, where it's like, are you trying to compete like these guys like that spend nine, 10 hours? You know, I know that dude, there was a dude, this dude plays Skullgirls and he's like, he's, he beat Sonic Fox in an online finally. Man, this, but this dude, like Sonic Fox, I don't even think he plays like that. He plays Skullgirls like couple hours out of the week or something like that. this dude playing Skullgirls like every day for like eight hours man streaming bro like that's like that's like not like that is how hard it's gonna take to get to that point not everybody has like for me I'm not that fast so I'm pretty slow so I'm that dude that like for me to improve really well I play every single day like a couple hours every single day and I'm 
find some great improvements. But man, come on, man. I ain't got like, man, it's not always like that. We ain't got time like that. We're casuals. <laughs> We're boomer <laughs> casual. Boomer casual. <laughs> That's gonna be the yeah, new man. title of the podcast, the boomer casual. <laughs> All right, we're gonna roll back the last question since we are kind of running uh, a little, little longer on this podcast. But uh, before I forget, one last thing before we get out of here. Um, remember back in September we were talking about how WayForward and Ruby and uh, or not Ruby, but uh, Rooster Teeth and Arc System Works were collaborating on a game. We didn't know what it was gonna be, so we're gonna get new details on that uh, project. It's only been whatever nine months, but uh, on Friday, July 9th, 10 a.m. during the RTX event, I think it's going to be on Twitch. They're going to talk about that project with uh, Ruby. So it could be a fighting game. Probably not. But uh, WayForward, Arxis, and uh, Rooster Teeth are collaborating on that project for Ruby. We'll see what will come out of it on uh, July 9th. So keep a look after that one. Good <laughs> fighter. I can feel it in Arena Fighter. Or beat him up, right? Because WayForward. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Pringle, my fellow Boomer, appreciate you for uh, sticking around, talking about uh, Boomer stuff on, on episode 35. And uh, just a reminder, everybody, so next week is the uh, tournament that uh, on PS4 for Strive, Broken is going to uh, run that thing. I'm assuming we'll do a podcast, but uh, we'll see. I'm planning on doing a podcast, but, you know, we'll play by ear. If Broken really needs me to help with the tournament, we'll have to... Uh, maybe postpone one episode to run the podcast and and uh we'll do that but uh for now i'll plan on working on show notes and uh hopefully we'll we'll have something next week but uh yeah until then this was fgc hollywood episode 35 my name is max Pleister. that was pringle the one and uh we're out of here peace take care everybody peace <laughs>